Hello and welcome to Absolute Bedlam Podcast. Bit of a uh, spur of the moment one. I uh, completely forgot that I told Jamie that I was going to record and then he messaged me this morning saying, are you still up for recording? <laughs> so I apologise in advance, Jamie. That's my bad. I'm not very professional. That's all right. No worries. Uh, Jamie Thompson. So I've got some notes here because for what I lack in preparation, I do make up for in notes. So I've got singer slash songwriter, family man, promoter, event manager, and tree killer. Tree killer? Uh, Not always. So it's called felling? Uh, Felling, yeah, that's the process of chopping the tree down. But yeah, no, it's always, it's not always about killing them. It's, um, you know, too big, outgrowing its space or hanging over a a greenhouse. Who knows? Nice. Um, what's it called? By the what's way, it? it's, uh, it's, it's, it's Axe now. You said Thompson, didn't you? Oh, yeah, it is. Shit. Mm. Wow, that's how long it's been. <laughs> that's <Sorry. all> right. <laughs> been going up, um, I think I've got you on my phone as Jamie Thompson. As a... Yeah. I'll have to change that. <laughs> what? Right. So, just first things first, obviously, with the uh, elephant in the room that is the global pandemic that we're in, whether we like it yeah. or not. How's uh how's COVID been for you this year? Has it been difficult? Yeah, well, not too bad. You know, I had um a bit of time off at the beginning. You know, when it all kicked off, yeah. everybody was obviously a bit didn't know what was going on. So it's quite nice to have. I think I had eight weeks at home with the family. All right. Nice. Yeah, nice to just completely chill out and and do all the stuff at home that you you never get done. Yeah. You say that you're going to do, but you never actually get around to. That's it, yeah. You That's got good. it. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's all a bit, of a bit of a mess, isn't it? I'm assuming that your job requires you to be out and about quite a bit. You can't really work from home. <laughs> nah, definitely not. No. I mean, yeah, my, my boss carried on throughout the whole thing, but we're quite a small, small-knit group, so yeah. someone's got to keep it ticking over. Small operation. So, um, I think the best thing we can go from here, really, obviously we can go into COVID again if you want to, specifics and all that sort of stuff. <laughs> we can initially just bring this back right to the start, which is how we met. Okay. So, I think the, the first... I don't know if you've got the same memory, but yeah, let's see. I've got some notes. Um, I think the first time I met you was at Finn's, which is usually where I meet, meet most musicians. Um, yeah, and then I met you through Jim. Obviously, you got some family ties there. See, I got uh, a different memory to that actually. Um, well, what's yours? I think it was I, can't, I couldn't tell you what year, but it was like when I was playing in Kalinsky. Yeah. Um, you, I think it was with Ross. I think you were yeah. playing in a band called Rumble Fish Twist. Yeah, that was it. Yeah. Yeah, that was it. Uh, we had a gig at the Dolphin. That's right. Yeah, we did, yeah. And I think that was the first time I met you then. Yeah, that was when I was working at the White Hart and I still had my um, uniform on when I was playing bass. You had a bright red bass, if I remember. I did. I had a PV foundation, yeah. Was, was it a PV? Oh, okay. Yeah. That got to a point where I had to put matchsticks in the uh, bit where the pickup, where the um, the cable input went. Oh, really? Because uh, it started falling apart on me, but... Yeah, I ended up having like eight different bases, which I'm sure I'll get onto at some point. 
Yeah, but you uh, sold like seven of those to Joe Isaacs, didn't you? I did. So Joe Isaacs was my black market dealer, wasn't he? <laughs> Do you remember? Message I, don't you, I don't know if you ever um, bought it off of Joe, but do you remember he had the, the one that looked like um, a toffee penny from Quality Street? Is that the one that Mel ended up getting? No, it was like a bright gold, shiny base, round round base, and it looked like a toffee penny. Oh, no, that sounds horrible. Yeah, so you haven't got that one. Is that a Ritter? I have no idea what it was, but yeah. I want to get go on here at some point, because I want to do some like proper like low-level, like nitty-gritty bass talk. I've Joe would be the, yeah, the man for that. I've got quite a lot of bassists on here, but they kind of just want to like talk about music and... um like video games and there's obviously nothing wrong with that but I yeah this podcast could really like use some of that like genuine like talking about pickup configurations and what strings do you use and what amps do you use and how much money yeah. have you spent to essentially play to three people <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's, that's yeah, normally all that, all that fun stuff yeah, yeah um i think one of the first times I met you in like a crowd was um, what was it called? Breakout Fest. Breakout was that like the like a youth club type yeah, one? Was it, was it? Like a Baptist church near Alley Gardens? Yeah, that was good. That was really busy, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. And there was a band called The Chase, which I haven't heard of really since. Oh yeah, yeah, they were great. Then I think a couple of months after that, we did an ITV Fixers gig. And um, it just literally felt to me that you'd been completely left out of the loop and it got quite uh, heated, shall we say, online. Oh, did it? Was that um, like the televised one, was it? Yeah, it was an ITV thing and it was all getting televised. And I think Ross had quite a big hand in playing, like organising it all because it all went through his um, youth centre that he was sorting out. Oh, okay. Um, And I remember some uh, stuff on Facebook, like ITV Fixed or ITV Stitches or something like that. Oh, yeah. Wasn't it like a a showcase of of local bands or something? Yeah, there was like um, every band ever, apart from um, This Fall or Kalinske. I can't remember which one it was at the time. I remember a lot of people, you know, sort of trying to support us and saying, oh, why aren't they playing sort of thing? But yeah, it got a a bit heated. Things do online, though, don't they? They get... Like it's just text on a screen. It's quite hard to sort of understand the the body language behind it and the the way it's said, which I think is like a genuine problem we have nowadays. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, and I also remember you mentioned at that gig that you were going to do something in Paul called Shudderfest. Oh yeah, yeah. It was a uh, a charity festival that I yeah. I started. Yeah. Um, which is a uh, obviously started in I think it was the Queens the first one I did. Yeah. So um, I knew at that point that you were quite a charitable fellow and you was obviously doing more than the average singer. Um, from my experience, singers usually show up. There. Um, you know, all the bands are lugging all the equipment from the van to the stage. Singers kind of just get up, do their bit, do the sound check, play their songs and go home. Um, so yeah, lift, lift more than a microphone. The case. Yeah. Some people don't even have microphones. Like, what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Showing up expecting there to be a bass at the gig, right? No, it was always a bit. I'd love it if it was that way, but a lot of the time it was um, me doing a lot of the driving around and picking yeah. up, you know, because not all of us drove yeah. back then. But it's yeah. what you do, isn't it, to, to make it happen? Yeah. I think at the start, that's very much a 
you're a jack you can turn your hand to anything sort of thing but as you potentially evolve and get bigger and bigger and start playing bigger venues and get more of a crowd and a scene and a following then you can start being that kind of ollie sykes person where you literally just show up you know yeah your stuff and go home and got a new album out uh, next whatever <laughs> i think we'd all love that though hey eh? just um just literally yeah. walk on stage yeah i've said in a few podcasts previously i think i was in a podcast with fred spratt yeah and i talking to him about Hourglass and just like how I can't really go to gigs anymore without thinking about all the behind the scenes. No, there's a lot of work that goes into it, isn't it? It's a bit of a curse, really, because there's quite a lot of people that don't appreciate it and they show up, they pay, you know, they pay their ticket, whatever, you know, but they they show up, they go home, that's it, job done. And they kind of just expect the pavilion to keep churning these bands out and, you know, it's kind of not really realistic sometimes. No, I mean, it's, it's the pricing as well. You know, people uh, complain about paying for a ticket and what it costs, but that that money's got to go into several hands, doesn't it, before yeah, the band, well, the band most of the time don't even see any of it, you know. No, yeah. It's not even like, a, you're lucky if you get your fuel costs to get home again, aren't you? It's kind of like you get like £5,000, say, a month as like your salary, and then you put it through a tax, you know, system and you actually get four thousand three hundred pounds then you've got to pay the yeah. promoter which is a thousand pounds and then you've got to pay the venue which is 500 and it never actually is the true amount that you think you're going to get so that's no, that's, no. Business really isn't it they normally run on a minus i mean i don't know about you but yeah in, in all the time i've i've played music i think we've been lucky to get fuel costs or um you know mm. those a buffet when you get there or something you know you don't really get yeah. much from it yeah definitely yeah certainly not right. like to make a living in music is is pretty difficult yeah you've really got to like make it your life haven't you like you've got to teach bass tab bass um you know do some video sort of showcase you know i'm playing this song from this album yeah uh, youtube channels twitch all that sort of stuff like it's essentially five small incomes coming in that can sustain your hobby i suppose yeah it's not missing a beat is it on on social media as well you've got to be on it every day posting yeah. you know multiple things yeah, you've got to keep your engagement up otherwise you'll become irrelevant because there's always someone yeah. better than you sad though isn't it though, that we live that way now yeah you've got to be on it like you can't have a phone about the internet nowadays no it's insane but yeah, um, I think we did. How many Shudderfests did you do in total? Um, there were several small ones. I think between sort of Finns, Queens, and uh, what's the place that is now the Burger Place? What was that called before? Is this the one in Paul? Oh, no, no. One about, about number six. Number six. Yeah, I see it. Um, between those three venues, I think we did four or five events, and and then we did the the big one with. Zebrahead in yeah. Port. Yeah, the venue was called Chords, wasn't it? Chords, yeah, that's it. But they weren't there. I don't know how long they were there. Was it a year or something? Yeah, something like that. Hmm. Yeah, I won't go into that too much because I've got a few opinions on that and I don't want to uh, tarnish the whole episode, as it were. But, um, no, I'm sure, I'm sure I could say yeah. something. <laughs> yeah, obviously, I was just looking at it from the outside in. You were actually in it. So, um, yeah, it's a bit dodgy. But yeah, yeah, I mean, it's, um, it's, it's sad, really, because it, 
the effort that goes into putting on a show like that I mean yeah. many people can tell you they've put shows on before but the effort and the time that goes into it for the the outcome for the the money you make for the charity is it's not yeah. worth it you know yeah, there's always this like um misconception that it's not actually going to go to charity as well um, yeah if you donate five thousand pounds to a charity nowadays there's like a big like stigma about four thousand of it going to a admin department or something yeah um you know and i think like a lot of people don't realize why merch is quite expensive at shows and that's because it's literally like going straight into someone's fuel tank to be able to get to the next show well yeah it's it's anyway bands bands can make money for themselves properly now with with the part of the ticket sales yeah, like I've seen people moaning over like five quid where like, you know, a hoodie's 45 quid at a live show, but yeah. it's 40 quid online, but they won't get 40 quid if you buy it online, whereas 45 no. cash will go straight into the the pump at Tesco, so to speak, you know, or 11 meal deals, or, you know what I mean? <laughs> you love your meal deals. I do. I'm going to get onto that in a bit. Don't you worry about that. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I've always I've always found you as someone that I've been able to sort of go to and you've been quite a sort of neutral person, if that makes sense. Like, okay. I don't go to you to get sort of buttered up information or um, I don't need to sort of validate myself to you, if that makes sense. Like, no, no. you just go, well, well, we've worked really hard and, you know, we've had a really good opportunity, so we're going to play with Funeral for a Friend, for example. Um, yeah I mean I always try and keep um, I don't know what the word is like level headed with everybody I mean yeah, cause, yeah. So, um, like, like you've probably seen over the years there's many local bands that get a, get a small break and then it goes to the head and then they end up being not particularly nice yeah definitely yeah and it's it's quite easy to get a big break in your own town I think because you know the promoter, you know who's going to come rolling in. Yeah. Uh, and you can sell to your mates and you can sell like 60 or 70 tickets per band member. Um, but I think keeping that heat on and it's like I always associate like running a band as like a YouTube channel where you've got yeah. to stay on it all the time. You've got to grind and you've got to, you know, one upload a week for a podcast isn't a lot really like i only dedicate sort of two hours a week to this yeah um, some of it's you know sorting the guests out that's admin some of it's writing notes so i actually have meaningful things to say when i'm talking to people like you yeah, yeah. like this this anchor thing i've been using is fantastic like it goes to all the main streaming platforms um it does it all for you i don't need to pay anyone you know, all that sort of stuff. It's really handy. No, it's great. It is a full-time job being in a band. And a lot of people have full-time jobs alongside that. Yeah, I mean, to be honest, that's sort of why why I kind of gave up on the full-time band thing, you know, because trying to do that alongside a family and and work commitments is is just not doable, you know. Um, Fair play to people that can do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you've got to sustain it as well so you don't burn yourself out and hate it. No, I mean, I've heard, I've heard through the grapevine with about, you know, some bigger touring artists that 
that are on, you know, primetime radio, that each member are, are only sort of taking home probably 25 to 30 grand, oh, you know, and that's, and that's touring for the whole year. Yeah, Jesus. Which you, you could argue that that's great, you know, because you're doing the thing you love and yeah. you're taking home a good salary, but mm. you don't see your family or your friends at the same time. Yeah. No, I agree. Um, it's a trade-off. So, yeah, you've got to weigh it up, but think about how many hours that is over the yeah. year to just earn that salary. Yeah, that's mental, isn't it? It's, mm. Yeah, and like some, like say you're a big band like Paramore or something like that, and you bump yeah. into the singer of Paramore and she's a bit of a dick to you because she hasn't sat properly in four months because she's been on a tour bus and then people go straight to Twitter and they go, oh my God, Hayley Williams is an absolute dickhead. She was life. so rude, yeah. Like, it's like, that was a 30 second encounter. Yeah. Like, you can't base someone's entire life, you can't define them based on that one interaction you have with them. Um, and I well, It's that- funny you say that actually, because... Um... I had I had a moment like that where, yeah, taking into account what you've just said is, yeah, I, I thought someone was a, a bit of a dick to me, but um, yeah, probably probably was an off moment. Mm. Yeah, I do um I do remember actually talking about this. It's just sprung into my head with um I think we went to Subway near Wilco's in town. Oh yeah. Uh, this is going back quite a while now. Um, I think you were in this fall, or it might have still been Kalinsky, and you were kind of transitioning into this fall. And yeah. loads of people saw you in Subway, <laughs> and they came into Subway, and they were like, oh, my God, it's Jamie. Oh, my God. <laughs> there, do you remember that? Are they were going, like, I do, actually, yeah. I think, like, it was, I think what, you, what are you eating? <laughs> yeah, I, I want what you're eating. <laughs> I remember being I like, like, what the fuck sandwich. Here? Yeah, yeah. Um, I remember. I remember Mark Taylor was in there at the same time getting a sandwich. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. yeah. and just his face—he was just like ribbing <laughs> me the whole time, like laughing because these young girls were just like, "Oh my god, yeah, can I have a picture yeah. with you and your sandwich?" <laughs> yeah, I couldn't tell you who it was. Yeah. Like, I've no idea. Yeah, yeah. No, it's good times. What it is to be a, a local celebrity, eh, Ben? Yeah, right. I wouldn't know. <laughs> nah, <laughs> in my dreams, mate. Yeah, that's it. Um, yeah, I just want, to, um, just want to go back to the fact that um, I've been able to sort of go to you for advice in the past, and obviously you're a bit older than me. Um, I think when sort of you got more involved with um, Jim, that really sort of allowed me to sort of meet you outside of gigs, if that makes sense. Yeah. Because you are kind of on when you're at a gig, aren't you? Like you're in the zone. Yeah, it's hard to explain, but it's like all systems go. You know, get that drum kit on the stage, uh, sound check. What songs are we going to play? Have we got a set list written? That's uh, your focus, is it? And then when the gig's said and done, you can kind of calm down a bit because it's all sort of happened, and there's nothing you can really do about it. Yeah. Uh, in that build-up, especially when you're like not even sure what time you're actually meant to be on stage and stuff like that, it can be a bit tense, can't it? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I'm yeah. not... Um, it terrifies me going on stage. I'll be honest with you. It's um, yeah. something I've, I've never got used to. It's ab- I absolutely love it, but at the same time, I'm so terrified. Yeah. 
I think it zaps like all of my energy before going on. No, I get um, like an overwhelm, overwhelming anxiety trip. Yeah. Because yeah. um, you're, you're at the front as well, aren't you? So um, you can't really hide away in the back like a drummer or a bassist. You've kind of... No. You've got to be singing and trying to give it everything you've got, really. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's only local as well. Like, local performances, you, you shouldn't... Um, get so worked up about it but you know that you've got to try and give your best because it's a it's a local situation where every band's trying to sort of stay afloat yeah no that makes sense yeah i get what you mean um there's a guy i don't know if um you've seen this already i might be just sort of repeating myself at this point but there's a guy um that i've watched recently called bo burnham bo burnham Um, no, yeah, he's sure. some Netflix shows. Uh, I think one of them's called What and one of them's called Make Happy. Um, okay. He talks about in a podcast that he's absolutely terrified when he goes on stage. And it's kind of his show. Like he is every single part of the show. He wrote the show. He plays yeah. piano and sings and he walks between like microphones on the stage when he's doing his songs. And okay. he's, quite, he's quite Tim Minchin. He's kind of like a comedian musician hybrid. Yeah, um, talks about in the podcast that once he was on tour and he actually had a panic attack whilst on stage. And oh wow! You you don't get that really when like you you took, hear him talk and he sounds quite collected and really like well put together, but obviously yeah. where it's him on stage, he's kind of like a solo artist, I suppose. Um, it can it's 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 sort of an actor, isn't it? You you build up this sort of other you to. Yeah go on stage and be that person but behind yeah, the yeah. scenes you're you know you're proper crap in yourself and and you're yeah. a sort of reserved person yeah definitely i think um that's true with youtubers as well once they start recording they kind of turn the volume up a bit on themselves yeah and then when they're uh, editing a the video they go back down a couple of pegs and they calm down a bit it's weird that that's like something that we just do it's kind of just the done thing really isn't it yeah because we want to get people to sort of be as energetic as us, I suppose. It's like meant to be infectious, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. So let's, uh, let's switch some gears and move on. So what is the best gig you've either played or been to? Uh, which one first? Best gig you've ever been to as a spectator? Spectator? Probably... I think it was 20, 2012, 2013, something like that. I went to see Finch uh, play their 10-year anniversary All right. for for What It Is To Burn. I don't know if you know the album. Yeah, I do. Yeah, I went to Brixton Academy to see the then play the album in full, which was pretty special. Mm, nice. Um, I think I was... Uh, yeah, Mallory Knox, support. Yeah, pretty cool. That's cool. But yeah, to see, to see and sorry. Go on. How many? I was going to say how many people were there? Uh, well, it was sold out. I mean, I, I don't know what the yeah. cap is at, at, at Brixton Academy, but a few thousand, I think. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, it was just cool to see like an album in full. The first time I'd sort yeah. of witnessed. Yeah. And w- I, I probably play every week, so that was awesome. 
without any breaks and no songs in between. It was just beginning to end. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. beginning to end the whole album, and then um, I think they played a few tracks off like early EPs. Yeah, which is pretty cool. That's cool. And what's the uh, the best gig you've played? Best gig I've played. It probably would be uh, the funeral for a friend support slot. Yeah. Yeah, Weymouth Pavilion. Yeah. I mean, it's it's pretty cool to play with, you know, one of your idol sort of bands. Yeah. Um, in your hometown as well. Mm. Um, yeah, it's probably the biggest amount of people that I've ever played to. Yeah. I think it was like. 600 or something yeah but yeah no it's cool really cool atmosphere to see like all your friends and family turn up to support and then just many random people singing your songs back to you it's quite a it's quite a cool feeling yeah definitely. yeah it kind of brings it full circle doesn't it because um yeah you said you wrote that song in the same town that you've played it and it's just lyrics on a bit of paper at that point isn't it and then you actually say that just you know i want to actually take this out and i want to try it and see what happens yeah i, th- I think you know over the, the years we worked pretty hard to yeah um get our name out there and, and release music and things and it was quite nice to like you say come full circle and and get to play with one of our favorite bands yeah uh, and you got to talk to him and meet him face to face backstage and stuff, which is obviously quite cool. Yeah, yeah, seeing them sound check as well was was pretty awesome. Yeah, I remember um helping Hourglass for In Me and I was just like, uh Oh yeah, you love In Me, don't you? They're my favourite band ever. Yeah. Um, they're so humble as well and they're so nice. And I remember seeing them at Teddy Rocks a few years ago and they were just they were like, So uh what album did you like the most? And I'm just like like you don't even have to wait for time talking to me. Like, yeah, I, I don't, I don't need you know. You don't have to know I exist, <laughs> basically. Yeah, I bet you felt like a proper like little yeah. fan girl. Didn't know what to say. They, so. they genuinely seemed to care what I was saying as well. Yeah, like, they were like, yeah, yeah, that song's not the greatest one on the album, and um, yeah, we did change our tuning a few times, and to be honest, mate, our bass sound wasn't that good, and I'm just like, what, like. It sounds <laughs> Shut up! <laughs> don't don't try and downplay it. You know you're great. It's, that's interesting, though, isn't it? Because you sort of yeah. As a fan, you see well. You listen yeah. to the music completely differently to to how they recorded yeah. it, um, and they'll notice all the flaws that you probably don't. Yeah, definitely. You yeah. just you hear it as a whole body of music. Yeah, it's quite funny. Um, when the Rocket Dolls released their second album. I remember going yeah. up to the drummer and saying, I absolutely love the sound of the production on the album. And he was like, I'm going to mention the free fuck ups <laughs> in, uh, in this song, this song and this song. And I was like, I don't, I don't need to know about that, mate. I don't worry about it. And it obviously shows how like self-conscious they were when they were sort of getting themselves out there and they did really well for themselves. Yeah. But, no, that's yeah cool. It's just funny how that that's like the first thing they want to, sort of get it out of the way I suppose but yeah it's funny yeah but you didn't even notice them anyway I think one of the gigs we played um, that I just want to mention quickly partly because I mentioned it on Jim's podcast and it was one of the worst gigs he ever played 
Um, but that was purely down to his sound because he couldn't quite figure out why his guitar sounded bad. And it was because his, I think it was his third or fourth string was out of tune for the entire set. But we went okay. up to Oxford, didn't we? And we played the Sweatbox. Oh, I love and, that little venue. Yeah, it's cool. I remember you like proper hyping it up being like, we played here once and there was like 200 sweaty people in the middle of nowhere. And like, yeah. it was like a proper like culture sort of really strange like community where people would just show up and they just be what whatever you're playing they're, they're up for listening to yeah and yeah i mean i thought that was a really good gig the first time yeah the first time we played yeah it, it was absolutely rammed you know you couldn't move in there like you say it was well i don't know how many people exactly but it was called the sweat box for a reason yeah um but it, yeah it's just this youth youth club on the back of a school yeah. Yeah. Um, with like checkerboard flooring and Red Bull flavoured smoke machine. It was just such a random place. But um, I think because it was sort of in the middle of nowhere, everybody went to it because there's nothing else to do. Yeah, yeah. So, similar to Wendell Friday, yeah. Yeah. yeah but I yeah, cool, around. cool venue. I remember playing that and then checking our Facebook, our Desert Rose Facebook page the next day and our our like radius had pretty much doubled overnight. And I'm like, oh, yeah. Jesus Christ. Like, these people are probably like flashing the pan. They're going to like, like it now and they'll probably drop off in a couple of months because you know, yeah. it's, that's just how it goes sometimes, isn't it? Oh but, yeah, um, definitely. Yeah. It's just you... really funny. Like, Going back just... to Jim, I, re- I remember uh, after the gig, Jim was pretty frustrated. Yeah. Um, like you say, cause his, his sound wasn't right or something. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it was a nice little. I liked our little adventures of just randomly sort of getting in a car, putting some gear in it, and going up and playing a gig and just hoping for the best, really. Like, yeah, I mean, Desert Rose has been really like we played the Forest of Dean on a whim and we played Cardiff and we played Croydon, our last ever gig, which is like you know, two miles away from London. Yeah, just like we'd get on the most random bills because we were basically a classic rock band and we didn't really fit in with anyone else we weren't sort of trendy or popular we were kind of just doing our own thing really yeah i mean um there's a lot of bands doing the same thing like you say um i don't even know what year was it you were doing um desiree's um i want to say 2007 to about 2010 yeah something like that because i know yeah, I remember I was in desert rose when i was doing hourglass because that would have just broken me that would have been way too much yeah because there's a lot of sort of pop punk sort of old rock emo bands about wasn't there at that time yeah, yeah. um so was, yeah i guess you guys were uh, different it was funny at one point there was like 30 musicians in weymouth and everyone was in everyone else's band it's like yeah oh, like I play bass in this band, I play keyboards in this band, and I play drums in this band, and I'm like, what? Like, can't you just like, like... Uh, yeah, just odd. Like Callan, Callan Millward, he's like the the Dave yeah. Grohl of Weymouth. Yeah, he was. Yeah, he's he's still going. Such a hero. Yeah. Oh yeah. Get, um... Shout out to Weatherstay as well for their their recording deal. Yeah, yeah Rude Records. I want to get them on the podcast at some point. It's so yeah. cool to see a uh, see a local band. 
I've I've always supported those guys, but it's, it's just so cool to see that they've they finally got a deal. Yeah, they're quite an odd band because they kind of spawned from eight days later, and at that point, I wasn't really like a fan of them. Um, you know, I'm not to bring this up because I've spoken uh, to Harry numerous times about this sort of stuff. But when they started with Weather State and they were kind of based in Bristol at that point, yeah. I said, Jesus Christ, these actually sound really, really good. They sound like yeah. they actually know what direction they're going in. And it is actually like very, very Green Day, very sort of what you see is what you get. Um, and they've always been like really humble and real sort of let's go to a service station and, you know, <laughs> go sleep in the car park and all that sort of stuff and they've been very sort of like what you said earlier about some bands let it go to their head straight away um yeah. they've had some really cool opportunities and they just haven't let it go to their heads at all so, but where's yeah. where's daylight from the from the set mr hoskins bring daylight back yeah yeah i remember um what was it called, was it called dumbstruck their ep yeah I pretty much had that on repeat for about a month. And it was only five songs. But um, I remember interviewing them a couple of years ago when I was doing my YouTube channel. And I Yeah, I watched that the other night, funnily enough. (laughs) I gave them some criticism and I said, your EP's like one song too short because I can't quite get from Portland to Dorchester, which is where I was working at the time, on five (laughs) songs. Yeah. And they're like, we'll bear that in mind, Garbutt. Thank you very much. (laughs) Yeah, we'll have an extra song in just for you. Yeah, yeah, their their album was really good as well. Born a Cynic. Oh, I love it. Yeah, it's great. Shout out. Yeah, they've definitely tried their best with, you know, all the stuff that's been going on. And it seems to have worked. And a lot yeah. of bands, they get frustrated when it doesn't immediately come to them, you know? So oh, yeah, no, those, those boys have worked hard. They deserve it. Yeah, the perseverance and all that sort of stuff. Um, Just quickly, was the um the first band you were ever in, was that Kalinsky? Um, no, well, I mean, first sort of serious original writing band, yeah, Kalinsky. Um, my first band was like covers, doing yeah. um, like Bowling for Soup and, and Blink 182 covers. Yeah, um, I think I was about 15. I did that with some schoolmates. Was that when the Fringe was born? Nah, the the fringe only came alive <laughs> during Kalinsky. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, I remember you did a, a song in a house. Was it called oh, What the Hell? Was it called Freeze the Summer? I'm literally going off the top of my head at this point. Oh wait, I thought you meant ICU for a second there, because that was like in a no. an abandoned house. But um yeah, there was a song on uh the Raider Fort a Raider Forts album called Freeze yeah, the Summer. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, that was we did that's a, it. yeah, a, like a, a murder scene. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, and it was terrible. It was. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, yeah. I can't even find the video. I don't even think it exists anymore. But it was, yeah. it was like your classic DIY mm. video. But it was, yeah. oh, it's just hilarious. It's a shame when stuff like that gets deleted. Really, isn't it? Because it is yeah. kind of cringe, and it is like, oh my god, don't leave this! Like, because the internet is a bit of a dumping ground, isn't it? Yeah, I think it was. Yeah. Mm. I, I can't remember if it was me or one of the other lads, but we discussed like we need to get that off the internet. <laughs> 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 I think I think we contacted 
whoever owned it and said, can you tear it down? <laughs> um, I don't know. you got to you got to go through all the, the the rubbish to get to the good stuff, haven't you? Yeah, I think so. Like, what has a beginning must have an end. So you kind of, yeah. Do you want to be remembered for stuff like that? I think that's that's usually the question that I ask myself. Yeah. Um, you know, I've not got any recollection or any video really of Desert Rose. I've got some stuff on YouTube of Rumble Fish Twists, which is my first band. Oh, um, there's, there's no Rose online. Yeah. I think Ross on his podcast mentioned that it was still up. So uh, you probably have to type something very specific on YouTube to find it. But yeah. I'm sure it's up there with four views, you know, for everyone to go. <laughs> I highly doubt that it's going to double like uh, my fans did overnight at Oxford or whatever. But yeah. there we go. The YouTube is just like a complete like data dump, isn't it? It's just thousands and thousands of hours being uploaded every minute on YouTube. It's funny. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. Um, today I was I was showing some friends um, an old song because we were talking about. I think we were talking about Kalinski or something and I was like, oh, I don't think there's anything even on YouTube anymore and I dug up ICU, the song from uh, Kalinski's first album yeah, with a a really poor music video. Mm. It's, it's a bit cringe to watch but I think the song yeah. still holds up. So it's still quite a good song. Yeah. So, um, was Kalinski the longest you'd been in a band or was that this full? Um, I don't know, mate. I think because there was a bit of a merger between the name change yeah. and um, Callan joined us on drums. And I think it, well, it's, it's, it's the whole whole thing was just a period of, of one. That's where I look at it. But yeah. um, I don't know how many years that was. 20, yeah. uh, 2006, was it, maybe? 2005 through till... Uh, through till this will finish in 2012. Yeah, and that's when you started Summer Drive Home, didn't it? Yeah, 2012 was, was Summer Drive Home. I remember seeing on your merch it was like established 2012. Yeah, that's right. Um, and were you... Uh, I think I'm going off kilter here, but were you in a band called Parkway Fires? No, that wasn't me. That was Chris yeah. Bennett who who was in Summer Drive Home. Summer Drive Home, yeah. Yeah. This is where I get confused, and I ask myself: Was Jamie in Parkway Drive? Oh, okay, no, that's a, that's a different yeah. Australian yeah. metal band. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, slight mix-up there. Sorry, people. Um, and then, am I right in thinking that your most musical project is um, what's it called? The the Sky the Bird. The Sky the Bird. Yeah, that's a new project. Um, I say, well, it's been about three years now. Um, me and Martin Swain, yeah, which started. We just wanted to record some acoustic songs, some acoustic covers, yeah. Um, which we did uh, a Real Friends cover and a Wonder Years cover, yeah. Just for just for fun, you know, just to put some music out. Yeah. Um, which then went into a deep dive into Martin's hard drive, and we um we found some old songs that he'd recorded. Um, you know, some part songs, some full songs. Yeah. So I, I just said to him, these songs are too good to waste and just let rot on your hard drive. Yeah. So um, we picked yeah. them up and 
and sort of rework them. It's funny how people think that, isn't it? There's um, there's a lot of people I know that are like bedroom guitarists, and they just have so much self doubt that they'll never ever be able to like take this as a, like proper. And yeah, people people are their own worst enemies, aren't they? They're they're their own critics. They're like, oh, my song, like I sound awful on this song. Like my lyrics are horrendous. Yeah, and then you've got like bands like Blood on the Dance Floor and. <laughs> star when he was in a band it's like this is trash like yeah but it's not to everybody else is it no and there was a band called broken side who was like pretty much manufactured to be like a troll band yeah and it's like you know was there um there's so many bands i'm not, not trying to like bring anyone up specifically but yeah, it's just funny how people just like, oh, this can't ever escape my hard drive. Like, oh, I couldn't possibly upload this to anything like SoundCloud because it will just get destroyed. But um, no, like Martin had, uh, which uh, he wrote a song called, well, it's called Nineteen now on our, our latest EP. Yeah, um, that he wrote when he was nineteen, and it's just been sat on his computer since then. Yeah, and. Yeah. yeah, as soon as I heard him, I was like, we've got to do something with this, you know, this is yeah. a great song. And um, yeah. yeah, so we've we finally got a released our EP earlier this year of original tunes, which, like I say, we, we started acoustically doing covers, but now it's been like, well, these songs are too good to waste. This, you know, they're starting an original thing. Yeah. That's cool. I hope when um, this pandemic rubbish will finally goes away we can uh, get back to doing some live gigs and um yeah supporting each other like i'm not in any bands at the moment but to be honest mate i think it's too stressful to to do that sort of stuff i'm 31 now i don't really have time to to make sure that people show up to practice on time and all that sort of stuff but um, i'm definitely up again if some gigs and fins and stuff if i uh, manage to get the weekend off and all that sort of stuff yeah i mean it's, it is what you make it i suppose i, I sort of I just enjoy going into a room and, and playing songs with, with some friends. And now I'm sort of, if it goes any further than that, then it's a bonus. Yeah, definitely. You know, but just the, just creating songs is cool. Yeah. Yeah. I'd quite like to do some recording. Uh, do you think you'll get back into a band full time? I, no, I, I definitely won't. No. Um, I'm up for sort of filling in for people. Like the last band that I filled in for was uh, Terran Spaces, who were up in. Oh, didn't you? Didn't you do um, Fisher Riddles? Which was like your last band, wasn't it? Yeah, that was the last band before um, my son was born. Yeah. And ironically, at that moment, I passed my driving test, and I actually had more freedom than I'd ever had in my entire life because I was always at the mercy of everyone else picking me up and driving me to places. Yeah. So, like the second I got my freedom, I stopped doing my hobby (laughs) yeah but you had a you had a a boy a a new child so it's like takes over your time doesn't it i remember you actually drove us to the hospital as well so shout out to you for that oh yeah when you're going into to have him my long-term memory mate is ridiculous (laughs) i don't don't know how i i don't don't do drugs i suppose (laughs) 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 not left and off my face on speed every night so I suppose that's kind of played into the fact that I can remember ridiculous things that don't matter to anyone else no yeah. it's, the short, it's the short term you've got to worry about yeah I'm not very good with the short term I can tell you that my girlfriend will tell me that because 
most of the things I say during an argument just go straight out of my head. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't say that. And there's literally a recording of me saying it. And I'm like, oh, well, oh, you win. I'm going to bed. <laughs> but yeah. Um, so off the, off the back of the best gig, uh, yeah. what's the worst gig you've ever been to? And what's the worst gig you've ever played? Uh, I don't know about been to, as in a spectator, but yeah, I think one of the worst gigs I played was probably early days Kalinski. Yeah. I can't remember I can't remember the name of the venue, but it was London. Oh, it was right. something like a King's Arms or, you know, a classic pub. Yeah. But we did the the classic thing, hire the the van from U Drive and pay out how much it costs and the fuel costs and you know, you weren't getting any money when you got there. So it's already started out bad. But I've, yeah. I remember waking up on that morning having quite a severe sore throat, thinking probably should have cancelled the gig. Um, and when we got there, it was a proper washed up like toilet venue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> if you know what I mean. I do. Um, and then it was time to go on. I was thinking I'm not going to be able to sing a thing. Yeah. But I'm just going to go for it because we're here now. And, you know, doors open, you're thinking, is anybody going to arrive? Yeah. Literally not a soul. Yeah. It was just just the other band that were playing, which yeah. it happens a lot. Yeah. But um, it was just the other band and the barman. Yeah. And <laughs> I think it was the worst one for me because it's quite embarrassing. I I don't know if you remember in in previous bands, but I used to try and be like, Adam Lazara from Taking Back Sunday and, and swing my microphone around. Oh, yeah, yeah. And um, I remember I swung the mic and the mic came off and it flew across the room <laughs> <laughs> and it hit the bar. Yeah. And I just remember the barman like looking up at me with his hands in the air like, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah, so... Yeah, all in all, pretty terrible gig. I can't remember if it was the same gig, but it was a London one. And our good friend, Joe Isaacs, yeah. was um, he blames it on food poisoning from the chicken he had on the way home. Right. But I think it was the bottle of vodka. But he, <laughs> we had to swing on the hard shoulder so he could heave up out the door. Oh, my God. So it could have been that gig. I can't remember, but... Yeah. <laughs> One of many bad ones from London. <clears throat> yeah. I think, like, my, my positiveness goes straight to the fact that... You you know um, Weatherspoons, they've got these huge bottles of vodka. Yeah. They're, like, ridiculous. They're, like, four litres of Smirnoff or something ridiculous. Yeah. Imagine if your microphone had hit that. Oh, mate. <laughs> that, that would have done... That would have flooded the venue. Does <laughs> <laughs> that... It's just funny, isn't it? That we remember like these really specific details. <laughs> I just remember really? the barman's the barman's fet. I think there was a dog there as well. There was a dog oh, right. at the bar, and he sort of looked at me like that could hit my dog. <laughs> <laughs> what between the waves and waves of people that are watching us? Yeah. Oh yeah, it was just you know disaster from start the to dog finish. Was getting uh, surfed around. <laughs> <laughs> Crowd surfing dog, that's when you got a good gig on your hands, isn't it? 
But yeah, yeah. No, it's a good fun. I remember like going to Oxford with you lot and occasionally like helping you guys out with stuff. And you like at that point in time, I felt that you'd had like a perfect like group of people where yeah. like Tom Hill was just full of banter all the time. Callan was kind of, you know, just like up to date with everything that was going on in the music world from his other endeavors and that sort of stuff. Joe yeah. was just it's like, he would just come out with the most ridiculous things. Like, um, Joe is king like, of comments. I remember Tom telling me something about the most dangerous island in the world is full of snakes. <laughs> and Snake like, island, there's yeah. no one, yeah, there's no one living on the island, so how can it be dangerous? Because there's Joe no loves a bit of Snake Island. And Joe was like, What are you on about, mate? It's the most dangerous, like, it's just this ridiculous, like, this is the most pointless argument I'm ever going to have in my life. And obviously, you had a wise cracking Tom Newton, who's a, you know, he's done really well for himself. He's in the bottom line, isn't he? Yeah, he's doing, so he's doing great. He would like take the mick out of Joe, and he'd do this like perfect impression of people, and it would like <laughs> one and stuff. And I, I think I went to a few of your practices, and I was just like, how the hell does anything like productive come out of this? Because <laughs> it's just, nah. it's, and then it was, to be, it was hard work. Uh, yeah, and, and you had good songs as well at the end of it, so it wasn't just like stand up with Jamie it was like genuine like right let's stop fucking around now let's actually yeah. try and write this set for this gig that we've got booked no um, like you yeah, say I think it's funny it, it took so long to get songs written because yeah because <laughs> of bands but no I don't know it was, we, we were pretty slow at writing songs I think in our existence of this for we we did two EPs and a single yeah. um but yeah, it was fun. Really fun. I think you took the recording quite seriously, though, because I remember you went to the ranch in Southampton. And yeah, we... That's not we did a, a place that you go to if you're kind of spitballing ideas. That's a place that you go to, you know, you stay there, don't you? It's, like a, it's got like a thing on the side of it where you can stay the night and you go into like full-on writing mode, don't you? Yeah, I remember because uh, I think Callan had been there with asbestos or something initially. Yeah. And he he bigged it up. He's like, oh, I, this place is great. It's um, you know, you can stay there. There's accommodation. There's beds. And in my head, I think I envisioned, you know, this wonderland of like a a dream showroom. Do you know what I mean? And yeah, you can go and stay there and, and relax as well as record and have fun with your mates. We arrived, got out of the car, and we were sleeping in a barn with a hole in the wall. Yeah. Yeah. And I remember having this diva moment <laughs> where they where they all kicked off at me like, "Oh, just go in straight in your fringe, you know, type thing. You'll yeah. be all right." But yeah, it was yeah what I expected initially. Um, yeah, but, yeah, we made we made a really cool EP. Yeah, and mm. funny enough, Martin Swain was was there too. For the, he engineered on the day. Yeah. He um he helped Fisher of Riddles with its first EP and he did really well on that. Was that when you were still really... in the band or? Yeah, that was like the last thing that I did with them. I said I'd help them record the EP. Um, okay. What the EP was called? I think it might have been something like Feral Rising. But. Okay. Um, yeah, I think Martin was kind of up for the challenge because music like that wasn't really his forte, but he wanted to give it a go. Yeah, he was a teacher at Weymouth College, I think. So, like, he had a whole 
recording studio at his disposal. So why not use it? Yeah, I mean, I don't know if you've if you've heard the the Sky the Birds new EP yet, but um, he did everything you hear on there. Oh, um, he's I've heard a bit of it. Yeah, I think he's he's gone over and above. You know, himself yeah. is great. He's done really well. Yeah, no, he is good. He definitely um when he gets into that mindset, he definitely you know puts his work first. I suppose is the word I'm trying to get out. He, uh, yeah, no, that's the music do the talking. If that makes sense. Yeah, Martin doesn't settle for you know a single yeah. take, so he'll keep going until you get the perfect take. Yeah, which is that's, great yeah that's cool yeah it's all good um what else have i got so i think we're at that penultimate moment jamie where i need to ask what your favorite meal deal is oh <laughs> well i knew you were gonna i knew you were gonna ask but see seeing as it's christmas yeah the other day i went into tesco are we allowed to say big big names on this mate if tesco can sponsor me yeah jesus can you imagine that but we, we've go. got to say uh, other supermarkets are available they are but they're all shit <laughs> they had <laughs> they had in tesco the other, other day a yeah. yorkshire pudding wrap with okay. turkey stuffing and cranberry sauce nice nice which was decent and that's on the meal deal that was on the middle, yeah. Mate, that's like £3.50 by itself. It was decent. But my, I don't know, my go-to is probably an all-day breakfast. Okay, yep. Classic. Yeah. Um, cheese Doritos. Cheese Doritos, okay, yep. Ben, don't just say okay. They're great. So I'm marking you down for that one. Down? You should mark me up. I don't like cheese crisps. I think I'm not, not joking, right? This is genuinely like serious. I think yeah. I OD'd on cheese and onion crisps when I was a kid. But what's it? I literally couldn't stop eating cheese and onion walkers to save my life. <laughs> ever since, ever since then, I literally haven't been able to eat like what's it's cheese Doritos, uh, cheese and onion French fries. I, I just like, yeah. and you know, when you go to parties and at buffets, they just put crisps in a bowl. Yeah. It's like, I don't know what that crisp is. I can't risk it. See, I don't like that anyway, because I don't want pissy crisps. No, and I don't want people sticking their random. Yeah, exactly. Like, So, you've been for a tell piss. Tell what's in the bowl, and I'll make a decision based on the, the label in front of the bowl, surely. And the most disappointing thing in my entire life, and I'm not even going to back down with this, I will die on this hill, is when yeah. you think you're having a sausage roll, and it's a cheese and onion roll. Oh, mate. I don't need that kind of disappointment in my life. I'll do that myself. Devastated, yeah. What I mean? Although, I love a cheese and onion roll, but like you say, you just want to know it's coming. That's what she does. It's just like winning third at a race when you think you've won first. you know what I mean? Yeah. I don't need that that negativity, Jamie. Do you know what I mean? Say drink. Say drink. drink. It depends what's on offer, but I'm quite partial to a, a peach iced tea. Oh, good shout. Okay, yeah. Or, I'll mark you up for that one. We're at a uh, 8 out of 10. If not, I love a raspberry Pepsi Max at the minute. Oh, mate, I love Pepsi Max. The raspberry one, have you got it? Oh, yes. Sometimes I um, accidentally buy that one instead of cherry, but I'm not mad. These, no. These things 
in the heat at the moment. I think I did listen to your your episode with Jim. I think he slated the Raspberry One. Did he? I love a word of him. I ain't having it. No, he's always been quite adventurous though with his uh with his iced teas and his mockers and his uh innocent smoothies and all that sort of stuff. Oh yeah. I'm I'm quite a simple man, you know. I like my chicken bacon lettuce sandwich, my Thai sweet chili sensations. Yeah. I like either a can of Monster, depending on if I'm driving, or a like petrol mate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's is that your always go-to? Is it you always have that? Chicken and bake, chicken, bacon, lettuce can sometimes change. I might have a roast chicken and stuffing, or I might have a wrap. Yeah. Um, there's been times this year where I've gone to Tesco specifically to buy a meal deal, and the whole place has been completely ransacked. Nothing like, left. There's a zombie apocalypse, and there's literally nothing on the shelves. So I'm like, right, well, that was fun. I'll uh. I'll settle for Sainsbury's, you know what I mean? Last chicken is Sainsbury's. Yeah, but they're all Tories and Sainsbury's, aren't they? It's like five quid for a meal deal. Well, only... No, nah, Tories go to Waitrose, don't they? That's true, actually. There's only one Waitrose in Weymouth, isn't there? Well, it's in Dorchester. Yeah. It's in Panbury. I mean, who's yeah. shop- who is shopping there? I don't know, but it must be doing all right to be able to sustain itself in Panbury. Isn't there that page on, on Facebook, Overheard in Waitrose? Yeah, yeah I've, I've seen that. That's yeah. quite funny. There's quite a few YouTubers I listen to on podcasts and they talk about um, earning too much money so they have to go to Waitrose and yeah, they don't know what to do with all the money they've got on their brand deals because they get paid like 30 grand to mention Motorola and stuff and all this rubbish. <laughs> yeah. You know, it is what it is. Let them do what they want, I suppose, as long as they're not earning anyone. Oh Ben, I've got a um, yeah, an additional feature that I think your guests on your podcast should do. Okay, I'm all ears. Yeah, it's called Ask the Host. Okay. Yeah, you up for it? Go on. I think it needs a theme tune though. Ask the host. No, actually, no. It should just be Ah uh, Benjamin. <laughs> Beyond Josh the host. Right. Your categories are movies, music, Christmas, or Desert Rose. Okay. Which would is you that, like first? Is this like um Big Break, that snooker show, that game show? <laughs> no, this Where is like, category. <laughs> um same again, sorry, I've gone off on a tangent. Okay, you got movies, music, Christmas, Desert Rose. I'll go for movies, please. Movies. Okay, let me just undo the envelope and take out this pre-written cue card. Okay. Not really. Um, okay, <laughs> movies. Your favourite yeah. childhood film? The Labyrinth. Labyrinth? Good show. Very... Yeah, get in my life was that one you had on on repeat um you know when you when you're a kid and you just just always watch the same film and it never got boring yeah i think that was because it was quite musical yeah babies babies love that the beat and the music don't they they don't even know what the lyrics are they just want that sort of that bum shuffle thing they do don't they yeah 
and it's about a baby going missed, miss missing, not missed, missed. Um, so yeah, Toby, wasn't it the baby in the labyrinth? Was it? I can't remember. Um, uh, what else? What else did I like as a kid? Poof. Pulp Fiction? No, I'm joking. <laughs> yeah. Um, Do you know what mine was? I liked Oliver and Company, the Disney film. What is that? That was um uh, uh it's a cat. Uh, and he goes into New York City. Yeah. And it's like loads of dogs, and it's like a rough place, and he's got to try and figure out how to traverse the uh, the city life. It's kind of like um. I'm probably going to get hammered for this. It's kind of like Fox and the Hound. Oh, mate, I like that. That was good. Yeah. There's lots of music in that as well, Oliver and Company. No, all, all Dogs Go to Heaven. All Dogs Go to Heaven. That was a good film. Remember that? Mm, yeah. I think my, mine was um, Drop Dead Fred. Drop Dead Fred. Nice. Yeah, yeah. Remember that? That was a great film. That. that was good. Was it Daddy, would you like some sausage or something, wasn't it? <laughs> that was Freddy Got Fingered. Yeah, that was something else, wasn't it? <laughs> what was um, what was the highlight of Drop Dead Fred? Um, cobwebs. Okay. Where where Rick Rick Mail's on his back and he's like sliding through the kitchen and he comes to the the lady near the fridge and he yeah. picks up her skirt and he points up and says cobwebs. Jesus Christ! Wow. I'm gonna have to put an explicit on this episode. Yeah, I mean, as a kid. <laughs> I don't think I had yeah. idea what that meant, but it was always funny. Yeah, yeah. Lots of uh, adult humour in all these shows, like The Simpsons. Yeah. Right, should I pick another category, or is that Go it? Go for it. There's three more. What would you Music. like? Music. Music. Okay. If you had to pick one album to listen to on repeat for the rest of your life, what would it be? By the way, Red Hot Chili Peppers. By the way? That is a great album. The weird album with the blue lady on the front. There were some good songs on there, weren't there? Yeah, that, that was quite a sort of mixed up album. There's a lot of different genres being covered in that album. Yeah. Uh, Overgrown Eden by In Me was a good shout as well. Okay, I don't think I heard that. Pat myself on the back. Um, no, I do. I do. No, I think I have heard that. I think White Butterfly was my favourite there. That second album, that was good. Yeah. Just a glimpse, watching. Um, yeah, I'll go with those two. Not, not bad, not bad. Desert Rose or Christmas? I like that Desert Rose isn't in the music category. <laughs> <laughs> it's got its own, it's it's own category. Of, it's got its own entity. Uh, let's go for Desert Rose. All right, well, I was going to ask you what your favourite song was, but... Um, Weatherstay covered that in that YouTube video the other day. So, um, oh, yeah. when I watched it back, I saw that they'd asked you that for some reason. But, um, hmm. if you were still in Desert Rose, yeah, what band, like idol band, would you love to have shared the stage with? Oh, I know that you want me to say Guns N' Roses. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna say the cult. The cult. I think I think Jim would appreciate that. Yeah, that's a good shout. Um, potentially. Um, oh my god, what are they called? 20th Century Boy, T-Rex. T-Rex. I can't. One of those one-it wonder bands. 
Yeah, I don't think I know. I know them that well. You'd probably sing me a song. And I'd be like, "Oh yeah, I know that song." Yeah, I'll send you a link in a bit. <laughs> okay. You'll recognise it. So who are you going with? Uh, I liked Aerosmith as well. Yeah. We did do quite a lot of covers at the start because we needed to try and like figure ourselves out. Never it, really worked, but it was worth a go, wasn't it? Well, you're going with a band that would suit Desert Rose supporting them rather than like going with your own. Yeah choice the cult the cult the cult yeah cool are they still playing I don't know no idea mate probably not no probably not <laughs> I know that uh, I know that at the start they were called the southern death cult and then they changed their name to the cult because uh, they thought that they'd get a load of hate yeah because of all that um, stuff that Pantera did the Great Southern Treadkill with the Civil War flag and all that sort of stuff. All right. There you go. Pointless information. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know much about that, but. <laughs> What's the last one? Christmas. Go on then. Christmas. It's a big question, mate. Is Die Hard a Christmas film? Yes. Okay, thank you. That was absolute bedlam. And uh, you've been listening to R. Benjamin. <laughs> you sum that uh, one up, quick. Yeah, that's that's definitely a Christmas film. See, I, I literally had this, this. This was a bonus question because I was talking with some friends earlier who are adamant yeah. that it's um, a Christmas film. And yeah. See, I'm, I'm in the middle because I'm like, yeah, it, it was set at Christmas time. You know, John McClane's yeah. trying to get home to his family for Christmas. Yeah. Um, but is it a Christmas film? There's a bit where he um, he writes on someone's back or something like that. He writes, ho, 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 I have a machine gun or something, doesn't he? Oh, yeah. The guy sat in a chair, isn't there? Yeah. Um, I just like the fact that the main guy in that was uh, also Professor Snape in Harry Potter. Yeah, yeah. He's uh, passed away now, only bless him. Can't remember his yeah, name. Yeah, great actor. Um, yeah, great. He's so good, I can't remember his name. I know what you mean, though. Um, He's called Hans in the film. Yeah. But yeah, that's definitely a Christmas film. It's a bit of a different Christmas film, obviously. Lots of uh, bodies and lots of blood and lots of guns. But yeah, yes, uh... people classically think of, like, Elf or Jingle All The Way. Yeah. But um... Home Alone. Home Alone, yeah, what a film. What's Christmassy about that, though, other than it's shot at Christmas? I suppose you could argue that as well, couldn't you? I mean, um, it's not family-friendly, I suppose, Die Hard, but it's it's a film you would probably watch at Christmas. Funnily enough, actually, a few years back, probably, yeah, I can't remember what it was, two or three years ago, see, we, we do a, a Christmas get-together with this fall. All right. Although we haven't done the band in several years yeah that's cool we always get together at Christmas for one night and um, we all got together and went to watch Die Hard when they screened it at Cineworld alright yeah um, and classic Joe he took uh, he bought a slush puppy from the um, desk and took a bottle of vodka in <laughs> and he was pouring this vodka into his slush drink and he yeah. was absolutely smashed during the film and <laughs> And this debate was happening, like, is Die Hard a Christmas film? This, and Joe's adamant it's not a Christmas oh. film. Oh, my God. He put his corner. Such a, such a strong opinion on everything, doesn't he? I remember just, 
sitting next to him while he was slurping away on this thing. And uh, he's like shouting at the screen and there's people like turning heads and looking around like, because he's so loud. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. He just doesn't have a volume when he's under the influence, does he? Oh, he's such a hero. He's such a hero. I really want to get him on here, but I think he'll probably get bored halfway through or something and his kids will start shouting in the background or something. No, get him on. He's great. Funny enough, like he's, um, he's him and Ricky of uh, Ricky Richards of are playing with me and Martin in the Sky of the Bird at the minute. Oh, right. Um, so Joe's gone over to to guitar. Yeah. Um, cool. and I'm on bass, but yeah, we're just yeah. we're just rehearsing the songs at the minute and going to probably start writing new songs in the new year. That's cool. Nice. I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, it should be interesting. Let's try and restart the music scene, as it were. I think <laughs> yeah. a, lot, a lot of people are going to start coming to gigs, though, like genuinely, because I think there was a bit of a stigma in Weymouth, especially, where people yeah. didn't really appreciate what they had. And now that it's gone for nearly a year, I think people are really, really like clawing at their doors to get the hell out of their house. There'll probably be so many new bands popping up, and they'll, or... they'll just go to any gig. Yeah, like whatever it is, as long as I don't have to see the same four walls again, I'm happy, sort of thing, you know. Where's it's a good time yeah. for, for bands to write new songs, and I don't know if everybody can get in practice rooms, but you know, hopefully, yeah. people are coming out with, with new songs. Yeah, surely, uh, 2021 is gonna there's gonna be a burst of, of new albums from, from bands that we love. I hope so, because um, I'm starting to listen to the same things over and over. Yeah, um, I've started listening. Like my girlfriend's heavily influenced this decision, but um, have you heard of a band or a solo artist called Youngblood? Yeah, I've, I've heard him on the radio quite a bit. He's just got, um, I think it was album of the year. Oh, really? It's actually a really solid album. It's called Weird. Yeah, and it's about how we're all a bit mental and we kind of just need to accept that, I suppose. And we've all got different personalities and stuff. He's quite out there, isn't he? Yeah, he he's kind of like um, he reminds me a bit of like the Misfits meet the Beastie Boys. Yeah, and I, mean, I like what's on his mind, sort of thing. You know that song he did with um, Travis Barker and Halsey. Yeah, yeah. Um, was it Eleven Minutes or something? Yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah, a really good song. <laughs> Yeah, it was very female-y, wasn't it? Like, female-fronted, vocally. Yeah, I mean, I think I was drawn to it because it's Travis Barker, but he yeah. can't do no wrong. I've got to send you some links, mate, because uh, his m- most recent album, he's done a song called Super Dead Friends, and it is awesome, and it's probably my favourite song on the album, and it's only two minutes long. Oh, yeah. And it's just a nice sort of breath of fresh air. Um and he can really like turn his hand to any genre of music and it will be good. Yeah, he's got um, quite a cool voice, actually. Yeah, it's quite difficult to do that, I think. Because a lot of people just go down one road, don't they? And they don't want to turn back. Yeah. I can do this well and I'll just do this for the rest of my life and make a load of money out of it. Sort of I think he did... Um, I think it was a cover of Avril Lavigne on Radio 1. Oh, yeah. Which was really cool. What else did I say I'd send you a link to? I can't remember now. Um, T-Rex? That was it. <laughs> I've got some listening. Cool, cool. 
Um, right, so I'm going to wrap this one up, if that's all right with you. Yeah. I'll let you go back to your family, since you've uh, ditched them and gone into your car to have some peace and quiet. I'm actually um, having a Brewdog Punk oh, nice. IPA in my car. Oh, nice, nice, nice. I'm having a Peroni. I got one free from work. Oh, yeah. It's not very Christmassy, but I'll have it if it's free alcohol, you know what I mean? Yeah, why not? I'll <laughs> so, um, you those links in a minute. And we'll, yeah. Uh, we'll chat on Messenger as we do. Um, so okay. I've got another podcast coming up this Tuesday with Andy, who I had on the video game multiple group chat thing that we had last weekend. Uh, so that'll be Tuesday the 15th of December. And after the 15th of December, I'm going to be taking a break until the first week in January. Obviously, I usually upload every Sunday. That's not going to be happening, guys. I'm sure that you can understand that. Um, and I'll be talking to, in the first week of January, I'll be talking to Henry Copson, who I've not spoken to in a very, very long time. Um, and he's got some quite exciting news. So uh, that'll be worth checking out. And uh, January will obviously be kind of fitness orientated i suppose podcast wise um i'll be talking about the fact that i've started jogging and i'm going twice a week and i'm enjoying it and it's bloody cold out there um so yeah i'm just trying to sort of keep on top of it and i think january is a really good month to sort of get some self-improvement people on some personal trainers and that sort of stuff to try and inspire some people out there that listen to this to uh do the same and to keep at it because a lot of people sign up to the gym and by april they've stopped going which is a bit disappointing really so uh yeah nice one thanks for listening and thank you to jamie for joining us on this sunday night and uh, i'll speak to you soon happy christmas mate have a good one cheers you too